Hello, happy Sunday. This will be a, another uh, audio-only version of Talking Sports with Evan. Uh, no video version this week. And a uh, few things to discuss that went on this week. The NFL Combine and High Gear uh, wrapping up today in Indianapolis. Going to give some thoughts on the Combine and my particular opinion of what the NFL Combine is and what it has kind of become and why I'm not going to overreact or underreact to anything that I saw and why I believe the Combine is, in fact, still important for the NFL draft process. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it still does have importance to it, and that's important to remember. The Combine is still important, so I'm going to talk about that and why I feel there's still importance to it. All good things must come to an end, and the Milwaukee Bucks uh, winning streak, unfortunately, came to an end uh, last night, Saturday, March 5th, to the Philadelphia 76ers in a 133-130 to loss. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about Drogic's addition to the Bucks and what that means for the Bucks moving forward, good, bad, or indifferent, and uh, more Aaron Rodgers, um, Goody. Brian Gutenkust had uh, some comments to make this week. He made some comments prior to the NFL Combine uh, to local media that really makes you wonder and scratch your head and say, hmm, what is going on? And will Aaron Rodgers be back? And what are the Packers trying to do? And I'm going to give my thoughts on that. And that's actually where I'm going to start with. And... Quick here is one of the comments that Goody made. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers? Yeah, I think, you know, th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. We'll have more to say. Very different comments than Goody and the Packers have made in the past. Flat out asked, do you want Aaron Rodgers back here? Let me, let me play it one more time. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers? Yeah, I think you know th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously, we know the kind of player that Aaron is, and um, you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. We'll have more to say. Those discussions need to happen. Not yes, we want him back. It's yeah, those discussions need to happen. Kind of a bit of a change to what we've heard in the past from. Goody and the Packers' position on Aaron Rodgers. And the coaching staff, which has kind of become a commonplace now for the Combine, but the coaching staff of the Packers stayed back in Green Bay to work on some stuff. So it kind of makes you wonder what's going on in 1265 under the head of Brian Gutenkus based off those comments and if he wants um, if he wants uh, Rodgers back or not. He didn't flat out say yes. And... Here is his comments on the feelings. The feelings haven't changed and need to have. Here's another comment that he made. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously those com- our feelings haven't changed about Aaron, um, but we, we need to have some of those conversations about our team, where it's going, uh, where he's at, um, you know, before we go forward. Need to have conversations, see where he's at before we go move forward, which is true. They do need to have those conversations before moving forward. I completely agree with that. And uh, another comment from Goody at the Combine? Yeah, you know, we're going through our process as normal. Um, so, obviously, free agency is coming up here. That's an important, uh, you know, part of what we're doing. So, it would be nice to have some answers before then. But uh, until we have any conversations, we're, we're still in a good spot. So, they want an answer before 
free agency starts, but they're not really saying if they want him back or not, which is, like I said, it's a different stance that they've taken before. And the question is the why, and maybe it's because of Jordan Love. Yeah. I just think the comfortable, comfortable in the offense and the confidence in it, I guess, is the biggest thing. I think he was, uh, you know, making quicker decisions and just letting it rip a little bit more. I think he was thinking less and playing more. Um, you know, certainly um, he didn't get a lot of opportunity during the season to, to, to go out there and perform. But the, when he did, we thought we thought he executed very well. Um, but I know just, you know, watching him through um, practice, not only in the offseason last year, training camp, but into the season, how he approached the weeks. Um, there was just a different level of intensity, I think, week in and week out than there had been prior. And last comment he made regarding Jordan Love. We're excited about him. You know, I think, you know, I've expressed to a lot of people that he needs to play. That's the next step in, in his progression. Uh, he needs to play. But uh, Jordan's done a great job, worked really hard. Um, you know, so he's doing everything we're asking. So, and I mentioned that the, the position and the stance have changed on what has been said in the past. And the coaches are not there in Indianapolis. And as, you know, like I said, the position and the comments from what they've made in the past have changed. And I guess my kind of question is, what does that mean? And, you know, and my thought is, what does that mean? Why is Goody not flat out saying that, yes, 100%, we want him back as our starting quarterback. We want him here as long as he wants to be. They're kind of going back on that a little bit. And I have a couple reasons why I think that could be. And there's one I'm going to start with. They don't want him back, and they're trying to put the ball in Rodgers' court to make Rodgers make that decision. So the the finger gets pointed at Rodgers is, hey, Rodgers is the one that didn't want to be here. And I have a hard time buying that reason. I, I really do, because Rodgers is just going to throw back at the Packers and try to force the Packers' hands into making a decision for them, which is, I think, could be what Rodgers is trying to do. Other things they could be trying to do is they have a tough decision with Jordan Love to make. Another comment Goody made, and I couldn't find the audio, is that he's been in constant communication with Love and his agent to let them know what's going on and wh what direction this is you know, starting to move in and whatnot. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen. I think Rodgers is going to play in 2023. I lean towards he's going to play for Green Bay, but it's just very weird posturing by Goody when he's asked flat out, do you want Aaron Rodgers back? And his response is in a definite yes. It's we have to have those conversations. So who do you have to have those conversations with? And this is where I get mad and, you know, mad is maybe not the right word, but this is where I get frustrated with the Packers setup right now. Under Bob Harlan, Bob Harlan, the team president, he brought in Ron Wolf. Ron Wolf had total control of the football operations piece. Bob Harlan ran the business piece. He ran the business side of things, and Ron Wolf ran the football side of things. When Mark Murphy took over, it kind of stayed that way. As Ted Thompson was there um, running the football side of things, and Mark Murphy was doing the business side of things, building up the Titletown District, the Sledding Hill, and all those other things that you see down around the stadium now. But then Ted Thompson slipped, and 
part of it might have been his mental capacity and part of it might have been his health that made him slip and things were missed and whatnot. And then they make the decision to switch to Brian Gutenkust and they, they put up a everybody answers to Murphy. The head coach doesn't answer to the GM. The head coach answers to Mark Murphy. The GM doesn't answer anybody but Mark Murphy. Russ Ball answers to Mark Murphy. So who is, everyone's answering the Mark Murphy, and that's where I wonder. And the Packers, ideally, if they were going to move Aaron Rodgers, should have done it last year before the contract extension and moved on from him then, preferably with the deal that the Denver Broncos gave Seattle. They, they could have had that deal, too. But I think the, a big reason for that was that Mark Murphy said, no, we're not giving up Aaron Rodgers. So I, I, I think if you go back to 2020, I think Goody has always had a secession plan in place, in mind, on how he wanted to transition from Rodgers to love. I think he always had that plan in place. And I think last year, the year before, is when we were supposed to execute that plan. Then Aaron Rodgers won the MVP again, and then he won it again. And then, I, like I said, I think Murphy kind of put the kibosh on that and has gotten a lot more involved in that whole process because nobody communicated with Rodgers that they were going to take Jordan Love, and they did, and apparently Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy. So I think Murphy is the biggest issue in all this. I think Goody has his mind made up. He wants to move on and build the team back up from where they are right now, which is kind of stuck in the mud. They're trying to piece things back together to make one last hurrah, per se, at the Super Bowl, but they don't quite have the talent or the ability to do it. And as I said, I think uh, Goot wants to get control of the salary cap back and use the money you're going to save while Jordan Love is on a rookie contract to build the team around Jordan Love to make the push for the Super Bowl that way. But I think he keeps getting overruled by by Murphy, who keeps saying, no, we must have Aaron Rodgers here. And I personally don't blame LaFleur for continuing to want Aaron Rodgers to be his quarterback because at the end of the day, um, Matt LaFleur's job security more than Goody's depends on the – week-to-week outcomes that you see every single Sunday. The GM's job is to look present and future. The coach's job is to look to here and now. I need to win now so I keep my job so I can continue to make money and provide for my family. So I think there's some internal conflict, and I think a lot of it is Murphy kind of, uh, you know, not really being able to let go of Rodgers. And I'm going to say this. I like Rodgers. I want Rodgers to stay if Rodgers wants to be the quarterback in 2023, so be it with one one caveat here. Let's run the offense. You run you won back-to-back MVPs running the offense the way it was supposed to be ran on schedule, going across the middle, taking the open man, giving the ball to Aaron Jones. You you, you won two MVPs doing that. Let's get back to doing that, and you can win another MVP, possibly push for a Super Bowl. Who knows what happens? But the Packers need to pick a, make a decision, pick where they want to go, and pick a direction because they're going to get passed by, by the Bears, by the Lions, by the Vikings, even more so than they already have in regards to the Vikings and the Lions. 
And you're going to be playing, you know, instead of being the premier organization in that division, in that conference, in this league, you're going to be the team trying to play catch up all the time because you don't really have a direction right now, except we, uh, we're scared of the PR hit we're going to take if we move on from Aaron Rodgers too soon. They should have stuck to the plan. They should have executed the plan. Rodgers' money would have been off the books by now. But instead, we're kind of stuck in purgatory here because we don't really know the direction and the reason and whatnot on what the Packers want to do. So we'll find out. We'll find out probably in the next week or so what Aaron Rodgers' intentions are. This is around the time last year where Rodgers signed the extension. I remember that. I was up in Door County um, seeing my dad in the hospital, um, waiting for my mom to finish her written test on their driving test to get her permit so she can work towards getting her license. And the news broke, Pat McAfee broke the news, that Aaron Rodgers signed an extension. So that is really what I'm expecting. That is really what I'm waiting for is it should be this week, and either Pat McAfee or James Jones will be one of the two to break the news. Unless it's coming from one of those two, don't believe everything you hear, and wait till you hear it from the horse's mouth directly, directly from Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, this is what my intentions are. I tweeted it last year. I'm going to say it again this year. Let's wait to hear it from the horse's mouth. Stop. Everybody stop talking and saying what you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do and let Aaron Rodgers speak for himself. Moving on, NFL Combine taking place, and questions I've heard, I've been asked, does the Combine really matter anymore? Because you have all these pro days, you have other ways you can talk to prospects and that. And my thing is, yes, the pro days, the Combine does matter. It's not the end-all, be-all that people try to prop it up to be and people try to do in the past. But the thing is, with the NFL Combine, you know, if you strictly look at pro days and pro days only on evaluating players, the issue you're going to have is players are comfortable at their university. They know the field. They know the, the people they're throwing to. They're in their comfort level. The thing with the Combine, everybody in Indianapolis doing these mock press conferences, doing these media availability, team interviews, and all this stuff, what you're going to end up with, what you're going to do is you're taking guys potentially out of their comfort zone and forcing them to, you know, to be them, you know, be, you know, be themselves rather than being able to do it how they want to do it at Oklahoma or LSU or Alabama. You're getting the everybody's true selves or close to it, in my opinion. And the big thing with the combine, the results are still coming. The line, old linemen and running backs are performing today. Quarterbacks, receivers yesterday. We heard about Anthony Richardson's uh, running ability and jumping ability. C.J. Stroud showed that he's a great thrower to all levels of the field. Stetson Bennett had a good combine yesterday, even though he's nothing more than a career backup at the NFL. Well, Le- Levis had a pretty, pretty decent day, threw the ball kind of well. You had receivers running uh, fast 40s. You had receivers testing uh, smaller than they, they, they thought they were or bigger than they thought they were. And you had corners running 4 two, six 40s, and oh, my God, 
But the thing is that the combine just paints a picture of information that people already know, and it's either going to it's going to help you uh, confirm what you already thought about a certain player, or it's going to bring you back to the tape and relook at the film and determine is this who this player actually is or not. We've 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 seen the combine. Um, Champions who ended up doing nothing. John Ross ran a four-two-two-forty. Arkansas quarterback turned wide receiver in the NFL. Matt Jones wowed everybody at the combine. Mike Mumola sh- shined at the combine. But at the end of the day, it, the film doesn't lie, and the this, like I said, doesn't really tell people anything new. It just at worst might make people go back to the film and determine. Is this a mirage that they saw, or is there something else on film that they didn't see? But there's been some good performances. Quinton Johnson uh, did pretty well overall. Um, the Ohio State receiver, um, Jackson Smith, uh, can't pronounce his last name, JSM, uh, JSN. He uh, didn't run the 40, but he did his th- three-cone drill and his 20-yard shuttle, and He's quick, he's fast, and he can catch the ball really well. He's likely going to be a top 15 to top 10 pick now. Darnell Washington is just a monster of a man. Um, Michael Mayer didn't test the greatest, but we already know what what he does on film and what kind of football player he is. Um, But I guess what I'm trying to say is don't come away from the combine thinking – you know, these guys are the end-all, be-all um, based off numbers they did or they suck based off numbers they did because now you're going to go to pro days and people are going to run faster at their pro days or run slower at their pro days. And I will say this, though. I'm very excited about the linebacker or the edge uh, edge position at this in this year's draft. Very excited for that. Had a lot of great players from the edge position and interior defensive line. Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, um, Brian Young, Byron Young. Guys that did really well. Um, Tua. Tupilotu ended up checking in smaller than his college size, but he's looking more like an edge guy in the NFL. Um, these are guys that played really well. And then defensive back-wise, Christian Gonzalez looked the part running and jumping and everything. Th- there's a lot of good athletes coming out of the college game this year, and it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the NFL. DJ Turner ran a very good 40. That's probably up turning a lot of people's heads. Uh, he didn't do any on-field drills at the combine. Going to wait to his pro day for that. Deontay Banks ran really well. Joey Porter ran pretty, you know, ran his 40, then shut it down. Ringo ran a great 40, but slower on the on-field drills than we probably would like. But I'm interested to look back at all the results and now see what happens at the pro days to make my determination on what to expect moving forward in the NFL draft process. And moving forward, talking sports with Evan, we'll be talking more and more about the NFL draft than I have been and I will be in the future because the NFL draft, I just, I am a big fan of the draft process and I like to think I'm pretty good versed in the random players and whatnot in the draft and how they fit and where they fit and those kinds of things. Finally, Milwaukee Bucks. 
They got Jay Crowder in a trade. Drogic is signing as a free agent. And the Bucks, who had won 16 in a row, lost to the 76ers, 133 to 130. And I'm going to kind of start with that game first. Because that's a game, it sucks. Because the Bucks looked like, after the first quarter, for the second and third quarter, the Bucks looked like they much better team than the 76ers. They, they had the 76ers on their heels. They were dominating this game. They won the, uh, you know, they won the second and third quarter after going in, in the first quarter tied at 29. They won the second 30-24, the third 40-32, and then the wheels fell off, and the fourth quarter happened, and the Bucks just completely crapped the bed and choked. I don't think there's any other way to put it that the Bucks just choked, choked it away in the in the fourth quarter. They ended up the game with 13 total turnovers to five um, from the 76ers. They had uh, they stole the ball three times. The Sixers stole the ball five, allowed nine offensive rebounds, including a big one late that Giannis kind of got lazy on. And Middleton didn't play great last night. One of my friends points the finger directly at Middleton and said Middleton cost them this game. Middleton is the reason they lost. And I get it. He went under a screen when he should have went over the screen and then Harden nailed a big three. But I have a hard time pointing it directly at Middleton and saying it's only Middleton on why they lost. Joel Embiid ended up make, making what was the game-winning three-pointer, and he had two guys freaking jump out of the gym on his pump fakes instead of just staying in front of him and putting their hands up and forcing him to make a decision with the shot clock running down. Instead, they go jumping past him like you know Pat Connaughton loves to do. That's a big reason. And then Bootenholzer and... I personally like Bootenholzer. There's things he does that I don't like, things he does that I do like. Last night was something he did that I don't like. And we didn't see a lot of Jay Crowder in the fourth quarter, if at all. I don't remember seeing him out there. Middleton struggling both ends of the floor. You just gave up an 8-0 run to open the fourth quarter. The magic you had in the third quarter is gone. And now you're being beat like a drum on defense. Put the best defensive unit you can out there, and that unit includes Jay Crowder. You traded for him for a reason. I get it. He's still working on getting all of his conditioning back, and you don't want to overwork him now. But you play Washington tomorrow. Sit him out against Washington if you use him for too much minutes against Philadelphia. To me, Bootenhoser lost the game in the fourth quarter by going with the rotation and the the roster on the floor that he did and waiting too long to try to make things different. And by the time, you know, next thing you know, the rest is history, and they get blown out in the fourth quarter, 48-31, to losing the game 133-130. to I I just don't think Bootenhoser coached his best best fourth quarter of all time last night, and he's going to – make those adjustments tonight, and hopefully they can knock off Washington. And then finally with the Bucks, getting Crowder, getting Drogic, bringing Leonard back on a second 10-day, who knows what's going to happen uh, once that 10-day contract is up. My guess is he's gone. 
but the, I've seen a lot of people not happy about getting Drogic and whatnot. And now what you know, Bud's going to have a hard time. He has a hard time as it is with his rotations. But I look at it as a positive. Is Drogic the same player as he was four, three, four, five years ago? No. But getting Crowder, getting Drogic, getting Bobby Porter's healthy, eventually getting Wes Matthews healthy, it gives you options. You have your big three. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday. Those are going to be your big three come playoff time that you're going to ride. But outside of that, it's all matchup-based. It all depends on who you're playing in that particular round. You're not going to be able to play Brooke Lopez like you do right now come playoff time all the time. You may have to take him out because you're going up against a team that gives his style of play who can take advantage of his style of play. If you're playing Boston, you're not going to want to put Grayson Allen out there as much, especially on the defensive end, as we saw what happened last year. Now you got Jay Crowder and Wes Matthews to go up against your Tatum and your your Browns. You have Bobby Portis, who didn't play at all against the Nets in the Eastern Conference semifinals when the Bucks won the title, but he was a key cog in the Eastern Conference uh, finals and the first round against the Heat and the and the Hawks. Bryn Forbes that year played great against the Heat, was unplayable the rest of the time. The point I'm making is outside of their top three, they got guys that you can, you know, you can, you know, switch up rotations and matchups and fit against what you're going up against in that particular round of the playoffs or that particular game. So that that's my thought there. But Bucks fans, don't get too hot, don't get too low after the loss. It was great winning 16 in a row. Hopefully they can win another 16 in a row as they head on to the end of the season. With that said, this has been Talking Sports with Evan, and I will talk to you all next week, either live video or another audio-only show. Have a great rest of your weekend and a good week, everybody.